0: Phew, <laughs> I reached the camera. Good evening, Saints. Good evening, Family Church, Waterlooville specifically. Um, got my cameraman, oh, no, I'm the cameraman, actually I'm managing the camera tonight, but I've got my sound man at the background and he's gonna give me the nod when we are actually live so that we know all the technology is actually working heard some horror stories of people preaching half a message and it's not been recorded so praise God that's not happened to us. But I just want to welcome you tonight. Um, I am so excited about this new series that we're starting on tonight and it's called The Believer's Toolbox and so right behind me scan the camera what do you see? But a toolbox owned by my husband. And I love the way he he, he very strategically places a spirit level, ha <laughs> ha. That's a hint, but he places, places a spirit level on top of the toolbox. And um, so tonight we're gonna look at the Believer's toolbox. This thing behind me here is packed with all kinds of stuff hammers and chisels and um screwdrivers and i don't know what these things are all used for but they have a purpose and we're going to see tonight we're going to open up the believers toolbox and see that the tools that are inside have a purpose they have this and they are profitable for us so without any ado let's get jump straight in and the title of my message is the profits and purposes of the two of, of the gifts of the Spirit because we're gonna go speaking about the gifts of the Spirit when I say prophets it's P R O F I T not the prophet in the office of the prophet but the prophet the Holy Spirit gifts are profitable to all and they have purpose I just love the the series of Pastor Andy's um, preaching on on a Sunday it just has built such a beautiful platform for us to minister from. And he's given so much insight into it, talking about from, you know, from the book of Acts, from from, from Jesus saying, go to Jerusalem and tarry in the city of Jerusalem with you, where the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And um, he says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In another, another series, another message in, in the series was be filled With power not just sealed with the Holy Spirit but filled with the Holy Spirit last week a beautiful beautiful message welcome Holy Spirit within us in order to welcome him we've got to acknowledge him we've got to make him feel at home in our lives to host him well and then today walking with the Holy Spirit the indwelling presence of God within us. And and Pastor Andy preached so well, telling us, teaching us how the Holy Spirit leads us and teaches us and he's our helper and he's the one who sanctifies us. So for the next few weeks, next number of weeks, we're going to be digging into this Believer's Toolbox and we're going to be learning about the nine spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit which is actually written about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 but in before we jump into all of that tonight we're going to lay a foundation um, before we start adding meat the very first scripture if you open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 and this is the Apostle Paul Preaching, writing, and he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, Ancestrian, I might add. He's writing to the church. Okay, so this is for us. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In fact, the message says, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. It's important that we are informed and knowledgeable. You know what? There's this beautiful scripture in Ezekiel forty-seven which speaks about how um, there the, is various pictures and images of rivers flowing and from this direction and from that direction. It's all symbolic of some really great theological discourse, I'm sure one day somebody will give me the insight into that, but, but in it he speaks about how the, the water flows in and there are some people that go in ankle-deep and then God adds another thousand cubits or whatever the measurement is and then suddenly the water rises but they go in at knee-deep and then more water is added and then they go in and they're at waist level. I tell you what, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you that during the series, don't go in ankle deep, don't go in knee deep, don't just hang around waist deep. It's time to swim, it's time to dive in, get fully immersed. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. It's about being fully immersed, overwhelmed, wet. Dive in, it's time to swim. What have you got to lose? nothing, <laughs> but you've got heaven to gain. The Holy Spirit always brings freshness. I love the Holy Spirit. This is probably one of my favorite subjects in the Bible, I think. Um, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 11 and I'm going to read these scriptures and it says, but the manifestation that's Word is not the man at the station okay just FYI it's not the man at the station it's the manifestation the outward expression of the Spirit I love it because my husband's the only one who laughs at my jokes but anyway but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of All and then he goes on and he explains all these gifts. There's nine of them, and he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, capital S, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. So there's nine spiritual gifts. And in verse 11 it says, but one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing." To each one individually as he wills. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are gifts, they are not earned. The gifts, we cannot earn these gifts. It's like our salvation. We cannot earn our salvation. We're not saved by works. We're saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ by grace through faith. The same with the spiritual gifts. It's as the Spirit wills. So in the weeks ahead, we're going to look, we're going to divide these nine gifts into three categories in which they're going to be the revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the utterance gifts. But we'll get into that in a few, in a week or so ahead, we'll get into the meat of this series. But tonight, we're just going to look, we're just going to lay a foundation and we're going to start off by looking at who the Holy Spirit is throughout the Bible. So, starting off in the Old Testament, we're not going to go to these scriptures, but if you want to, you can just write them down and go and check them out during the week. But in Exodus chapter 31, we see various artisans being filled with the Holy Spirit, people that God used to build the tabernacle. So these are guys like bricklayers or stonemasons. I don't know what they would have called them in those days, but they were artisans. There was... There were people that carved wood, there were people that cut jewels, they were building this tabernacle, there were people who made garments of ministry. So they were actually um, filled with the Holy Spirit for their job, for their work. And I think that is so important that we need to recognize that God is interested in every aspect of our lives. Not just the one and a half hours on a Sunday or whatever it might be, or maybe even your quiet time, but he's interested in where you work. he's interested in what you do. you know what whether you are a nurse, whether you are retired and f y i there's no retirement in ministry okay you there's no such thing. get busy, doing the things of God, get busy. It's no time to pull back. It's time to press in. So whether you're a nurse, whether you're a doctor, whether you, whatever you might be, you might be a school teacher, you're a plumber, whatever it is, God can fill you with his Holy Spirit, anoint you to do your job well. You know, Chris and I pray every day and we frequently pray this. God anoint us to do our job well, that we can be sharp, that we can be, that he will strengthen us, that he will quicken us, that he'll give us insight into our jobs. God is interested in every area of our lives. So the artisans, the craftsmen, Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7, we see the account of Gideon. Now Gideon um, facing the army of the Midianites and God goes and strips away (laughs) 32,000 men of Gideon's and says, okay, you go to battle armed with a torch and a trumpet. 300 men with Gideon against um, this huge tribe of Midianites. The Bible says they were like swarms of locusts. There were so many of them. And what happened? God, the Holy Spirit came upon Gideon and those 300 men. And when they played their trumpets and they... They lit up those candles they defeated the Midianites in Samson God anointed him gave him strength filled him with the Holy Spirit in his last act on this earth he he gave him strength really like Old Testament style you know remember? did you ever see Samson the movie of Samson I remember it must have been about five years old I remember the movie it was very distressing actually come to think of it It was horrific but anyway but in the reality it was brilliant you know but god anointed him with strength joshua you know he took over once moses was dead joshua had to be filled with the holy spirit and commissioned to lead israel after moses died and you know just throughout these guys i mean look at exodus we see how the holy spirit anointed them with ability with gideon God filled him with the Holy Spirit and gave him courage. That is what he needed. Samson, God filled him with the Holy Spirit, gave him strength. Joshua, God filled him with the Holy Spirit, gave him wisdom, gave him leadership skills, gave him courage. And then one of the most well-known scriptures throughout the Bible, when God told Zechariah, Zechariah 4, 6, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would enable, would encourage and strengthen Zerubbabel for the work that God called him to do. And we know that scripture, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit of the living God. And time after time throughout the Old Testament, we could be here forever, but time after time we see how God filled Old Testament, Old Testament guys, filled with the Holy Spirit for service always with purpose there's always purpose so fast forward step into the New Testament you've got to write this down go there Acts 10 verse 38 Acts chapter 10 verse 38 I'm gonna have a sip of water you there yet give me a thumbs up you there Chris is giving me a thumbs up thumbs up Acts 10 38 Says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Listen to this God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Whenever you see Jesus of Nazareth. Those words Jesus of Nazareth. The the writer is referring to Jesus in his humanity. Remember Jesus ministered on this earth. He came to earth in the form of a baby but he had humbled himself. He laid aside his deity. He walked this earth as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit remember anointed by the holy spirit remember when he was baptized by john that he he went under the water and when he came out the spirit of god descended like a dove upon him and a voice that came from heaven and said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased but jesus was anointed with the holy spirit so we know that jesus was the son of god and he, but he didn't go around he what he didn't have superpowers he didn't go around zapping people He didn't have superpowers. He walked this earth as a man. Oh, it's so important. He walked this earth as a man. Listen to this. Matthew 9. Read Matthew 9. That's your homework, okay? Matthew 9, 35 to 36 summarizes Jesus' ministry. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. But Jesus went about teaching, preaching and healing. And his motivation was compassion. He he was always moved with compassion. But he would first preach, he would first teach. The reason why he did that was that the signs and wonders followed the preaching of the Word. And the reason why he taught and the reason why he preached was to build faith, was to build faith. And here we go again, we're back to faith. Yes! It's paramount. It's key. We've got to have faith because we're going to see that the gifts of the Spirit operate by faith. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But throughout Matthew, throughout Matthew nine, we see miracle after miracle after miracle after. Oh man, so much happening. I'm going to go through them briefly. Jesus, in Matthew 9, healed the paralytic. There was this guy brought to him lying on a bed. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith, in Matthew 9, verse 2, he says, Jesus saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees that are back in the background said, Hmm, listen to him. Who does he think he is saying that your son, you know, your son, that your sins are forgiven? And then Jesus said, well, What's easier for me to say, your, sons are forgi- your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? Either or, it makes no difference what he says, but he says just to show. He says to the paralytic, rise up and walk and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. That is a working of miracle. That's one of those gifts of the Spirit. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit at operation, operating in the life of Jesus, our Messiah. In that same chapter he heals Jairus's daughter remember Jairus thought she was dead and verse 18 in Matthew 9 he says my daughter has just died but come and lay hands on her and she will live Jairus had faith in Jesus there we go faith again he had faith in Jesus that he was able to raise her from the dead and when Jesus got to Jairus's house he said the little girl's not not dead she's sleeping and he went in into the room and he said Letha Kumi rise up and walk there was the gift of healing I don't know if it was a gift of healing or a working of a miracle I'm not quite sure was she dead or was she sick I'm not quite sure but it was one of the nine gifts it doesn't really matter but it was one of the nine gifts while Jesus was on his way to go and heal Jairus's daughter here comes the woman with the issue of blood And she said if I can just touch the hem of his garment and Jesus says to her she touched the hem of his garment she received her healing and Jesus says your faith has made you well oh come on Sandy come on people this is about faith it's about the Holy Spirit it's about miracles there was the gift of faith in operation the gift of faith one of the nine gifts two blind men in verse 27 come to Jesus in the same chapter two blind men come to him saying crying out Jesus son of David have mercy on us have compassion on us he touched their eyes and says according to your faith let it be to you working of miracle there we go again working of miracle within one chapter five miracles why what was the purpose what was the purpose of these miracles and these signs and wonders it was because jesus had compassion on the people and he only did those things that the father told him to do he didn't perform miracles to authenticate himself to say i'm the man of the hour with more power i'm the messiah he didn't in fact he, when when the guy the blind the guys who were blind and who now saw Once they saw, Jesus said, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, but they did anyway. But he said, don't tell anyone, see that no one knows it. He told them not to say anything to anyone. You think about all the other miracles that he performed. Think about the wedding in Cana, when he turned water into wine. The only people that actually knew that Jesus had what he had done were the servants. He said to the servants, go and grab those water pots and fill them with water. Excuse me. And, you know, he told the servants, the servants knew, but nobody would have listened to a servant. So he, he was quite safe there, but he wasn't trying to draw attention to himself. He wasn't trying to confirm that he was the Messiah. He wasn't trying to authenticate himself. Instead, he went about healing all who were sick because, and because he was moved with compassion. And a little bit later on in the series, we're going to see how the gifts of the Spirit or the importance of love in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Between chapters 12 and 14 is chapter 13. It happens like that sometimes. But 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Faith works by love. The gifts of the Spirit have to be undergirded with the love of God. It's the love chapter But each time Jesus brought the word, the signs and wonders followed. He'd bring the word and then just step out into the supernatural and demonstrate the will of God. The will of God would be demonstrated, not just in word alone, but in demonstration of the power of God. You know, what? whether he was raising the dead, (laughs) whether he was feeding 5,000, whether he was stilling the storm, his purpose was to display the grace and the goodness of God. That's so important. It's so important to remember this. In Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 13, I'll just paraphrase. It happened, well I'll read it quickly. It happened that when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord if you are willing make me clean and Jesus put out his hand and touched him, the leper, Jesus touched the leper and said, I am willing, be cleansed and immediately the leprosy left him. That Those words, I am willing, that means I take delight in this, I love, doing this. I have pleasure in doing this. You know what? The grace of God is not whimsical and wimpy and weak and soft and effeminate. The grace of God is powerful. Our salvation, our redemption took the cross. It took the cross. It took a sinless life. It took betrayal. It took abandonment, mockery, scorn, rejection of those closest to him, an agonizing death on that cross. That's power. That is power. That's what the grace of God looks like. Listen to what these words just from, listen to these words, go read them over during the week, but listen to these words. These words describe the goodness of God, the grace of God. In Psalm 146 verses 6 to 9, talks about who God is. God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. Listen to this. God who keeps truth forevermore. He keeps truth forevermore. Good and upright is He. He executes justice for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He raises those who are bowed down. He loves the righteous. He watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. This is the grace of God. This is the goodness of God. Psalm 111, when you just look at the works of God, Psalm 111, two verses, verses two to four, He says, the works of the Lord are great. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. Man, this is fantastic study material. The works of the Lord. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. Just talking about his wonderful works from 2000 years ago plus. He's he's made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. What beautiful scriptures, but they aren't just poetic. They are truth, they are truth. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. So we've looked at the Old Testament, we've looked at part of the, the Gospels and now, we're going to look in the book of Acts, the book of Acts, notice it's the book of Acts, it's not the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through men, and we are still living in the, the in the dispensation of the Spirit, we are still living in the dispensation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is on earth in believers until Jesus returns, and we're still in this dispensation, but if we look just briefly, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, we saw that the the disciples were all in the upper room with one accord when the Holy Spirit was poured, poured out upon them. And the Bible says, and they all began to speak with other tongues. And then a little bit later in verses 42 onwards, do you remember, it's about two and a half years ago at church, we did a series called The Recipe. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. In fact, it's probably available somewhere in the archives, but I'd watch it if I were you. Um, but what was it about? The recipe was about these disciples. After they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were devoted to fellowship, that that um, that that joints that life together, that community, that common unity. The breaking of bread, prayer. They met their needs in the community. And they were constantly in one accord, going in one with one vision, one purpose. Peter preached to um, a number of people that day, and 3,000 were added to them in one day. And after that, the Bible says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is what we're believing for. This is what we're believing for in Family Church Waterlooville, that the Lord is going to be adding to us daily those who are being saved. So straight after that, we go from Acts 2 to Acts 3. First thing that happens, Peter and John, they're going down towards the temple for a time of prayer. And what do they see? They see a man lame from birth, lying at the gate, beautiful, begging alms. And Peter and John say to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Excuse me, these are disciples. This is not Jesus. These are disciples. What happened? They were filled with the Holy Spirit straight away. There's the, there's the working of miracle. It's a, it's a miracle. The guy got up and danced and leaped and praised God. Of course, he'd been lying a cripple since birth. But like that, suddenly the disciples are operating the gifts of the Spirit. Oh man, you can go throughout the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, the account of Dorcas. This godly woman who who, um, who was known for good works and charitable deeds. She took ill, she died. Peter was in their vicinity, he heard about it. He walked in, cleared the room, prayed over her. She was raised from the dead. Peter, the fisherman who... Turned his back on Jesus, got filled with the Holy Spirit, now God's using him. This is what it's all about. So in the weeks ahead, we're going to be learning about the different gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be unpacking that toolbox one by one. We're going to add to our faith knowledge. We're going to add what we already know. We're going to add to to our faith knowledge. Because in 2 Peter 1 it says, For if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. No way, Jose, that's not us. Our eyes are wide open, our hearts are wide open, we are not going to be ignorant. Like the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 12, we're not going to be ignorant. We're going to be informed and we're going to be knowledgeable. So teach us, Holy Spirit. Teach us. Oh man, I'm not even halfway through my message and I've only got five minutes left. But I'll try and be brief in this time. Romans 8 verse 14. Romans 8 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the mature sons, the huios, the mature sons of God. In fact, the passion translation, well, I'm not so keen on on it always, but it does describe it really well. It says, the mature sons of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to, Put a caveat on this, you know what, maybe you've been saved for two weeks or maybe you've been saved for one month or maybe you've been saved for one year. Don't think that you're not a mature son or daughter of God. If you are following the ways of God, if you are immersing yourself in the word, if you are seeking after God, you're becoming, you are becoming a mature son or daughter of God. This isn't talking about that you've been, a, well I've been a Christian since I was, nine, since 1953. You know, now I'm mature. No, no, no. What you've done, fifty-three. You've done it over and over and over and over and over the same year. No, no, no. Mature sons of God. We are growing. We are becoming knowledgeable. We are becoming fresh in the Holy Spirit. But we've got to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God, not led by feelings, not led by external circumstances, not led by anything other than what does the Bible say. And during the weeks ahead, we're going to unpack and see that revelation needs to be word-based. It's not based on experience. It's not based on feelings. So we're gonna learn about following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We can learn to to yield to Him. Remember when we, we did the fruit of the Spirit. We would frequently say, you know, that if you feel like you know, there's a part of the fruit of the spirit that might be lacking in your life. You know, ask the Holy Spirit to 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 add to you and to to develop you in that area. And you know, so so perhaps during the fruit of the spirit, maybe at one time you felt that you know you're not as patient as you'd like to be. And you know it on the inside of you. That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. God is saying, Ah, oh, you know, Sandy, you could be a little bit more patient. And then I, I, I respond to that. Yes, Lord, you're right. And so, and then I would respond to Him. And it's the same with the gifts of the Spirit. It's a prompting. It's a it's a prompting. Okay, but we'll go into that later. I haven't prepared for it for tonight. But we will go into it. How to be led by the Spirit of God. We've got to learn to recognize the voice of God. And I'm not talking about any audible voices, please, people. I'm not speaking about audible voices. I'm talking about that. That that unction, that unction, that leading of the Holy Spirit. And so, how do we do this? What do we do about this? How do we get to know the voice of God? We go right back to square one. (laughs) Right back to where we started. Colossians 3 verse 2. Set your mind on things above. In fact, the Amplified said, keep it set. Set your mind on things above and keep it set on things above. Become heavenly-minded. Romans 8 says to be carnally-minded, to be naturally-minded, just looking at things. You know what? I can read my Bible, and I can just read what it says. Off the, it's just letters on the page. Or I can say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me. Quicken this word to me, Lord. Quicken this word. Do you know what? Every single time, every time, I'm not some super saint, But every time I ask him to reveal his word, he does it. Or I can just say, okay, well, I've read this before. Okay, that's a bit boring, well, that's a bit deep. I'll go back to that some other time. No, 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 no. We need to keep our mind, open the word. Lord, speak to me through your word. Speak to me through your word. So we set our mind. We don't want to be just naturally minded. We don't want to be carnally minded, because that is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Become aware of the Holy Spirit on the inside, on the inside, the presence of God within you. Become God inside conscious. Become God inside conscious. Just close your eyes where you are right now. Just close your eyes and just become aware that the Holy Spirit, if you are born again, If you're a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Just become aware of Him. Become aware. Ignore the distractions. Just become aware. Holy Spirit, you indwell me. You indwell me. Help me to become aware of your presence. Help me to become sensitive. To your leading help me to to embrace you help me to to throw off everything that hinders help me to just embrace everything you have for me Holy Spirit touch your people touch your people Lord reveal yourself to them Reveal yourself to them. Reveal your heart to them. Holy Spirit, wonderful Holy Spirit, touch your people. Touch your people tonight, Lord, as they become aware of your presence within them. Amen and amen. I think we're just going to end it there. haven't finished my message. It doesn't matter. God is at work. God is at work. We're going to carry on with this next week. I just want to encourage you, during the, during this week, spend time with God. Just spend time with Him. Become aware of the Spirit of God. Become God inside conscious. Become God inside conscious with you driving Whether you're going to the shops, whether you're taking your kids to school tomorrow, yes. (laughs) They go back to school tomorrow and all the mums say, yes, hallelujah. But when you're driving or whatever you're doing, just become aware of the Holy Presence, the Holy Spirit of God within you and see, just see what it does to you. See what it does to you. See what that presence, His presence does to you in the week that lies ahead. It's gonna lay this 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 becoming God inside conscious is gonna lay such a good foundation to receive all that He has for us. I'll see you next week. God bless you.